Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. Switzerland. So is the Swiss healthcare system different maybe to the European ones? I mean, we all know from a political perspective, Switzerland always tries obviously to be independent from the European Union. I think so far they have managed it probably quite well. Uh, but let's just really have a deeper look on Switzerland and the healthcare system, especially obviously with respect to reimbursement and market access. Just generally, just to introduce you, um, Switzerland has roughly 8 million inhabitants, is one of the world's best and most expensive healthcare systems. That's also something maybe keep in mind, especially when we're speaking and discussing about the reimbursement. And I think on average, somewhere around 11% um, of the cross domestic product is being spent for healthcare expenditures. But which different systems are really then existing within the healthcare market, let's say, in Switzerland? I think there are different ones in the inpatient setting. They have as well the DRG system. It's very much related to the German one, but clearly it is um, uh, then adapted to the Swiss environment, so it's called the Swiss DRG. Then there are the outpatient cases, which are handled through their so-called TAMIT catalog. And finally, there are also remedies and devices, which are then handled uh, within the Meagle. There are further kind of uh, lists, for example, for analysis, for rehabilitation, psychiatry, and also then, and this is also where we'll focus now on the speciality list, which is the list, the positive list, basically, for um, drugs. So how does that system really look like? So before a reimbursement can really apply it for, quite clearly, and this is similar to any other region in the world, you need to have a registration, meaning a marketing authorization. And in Switzerland, this is going through the so-called Swiss Medic. We'll not touch base too much on that as we want to focus here really on the market access as already introduced. The market access in a broad sense is managed through the so-called BAG, which is the Bundesamt für Gesundheit. So it's the uh, Federal Office for Public Health. And um, they are dealing, deciding, regulating basically really everything um, related to market access and reimbursement in Switzerland. So there are different categories where um, companies can apply for. There are, there's a category with, for um, new active ingredients. There is a category um, without innovation, so potential generics, but also, for example, for known active pharmaceutical ingredients with innovation could also be potential generics. But I think that might also be sometimes the kind of idea, for example, if there's a new administration mode, um, even for an existing pharmaceutical ingredient. So keep in mind, for all of those different aspects, there are a slightly different kind of submission regulations, submission templates, and quite clearly then also the decision um, by the BAG can also um, vary. So what is needed with the BAG? I think overall, I think one could potentially say that maybe the Swiss healthcare reimbursement system, let's say, 
is maybe a bit of a pragmatic way how the Germans are handling their reimbursement. Mm, the core difference is clearly um, a product is not available at the time of a submission of the dossier to the BAG, which is the core difference to Germany quite clearly. Uh, but um, the overall submission procedure, the dossier itself, I think is at least how uh, different experts see it um, more pragmatic than the German AMNOC. You still need to include quite clearly the need for it. The Swiss healthcare system is quite clearly uh, basically focusing on the so-called VVZ criteria, um, which we'll just lay out as well in a second. And those criteria are then basically driving um, the kind of decisions as well. And also that kind of template, right? The VZV are for Wirksamkeit, for Zweckmäßigkeit and for Wirtschaftlichkeit. So it's basically the kind of um, effectiveness, um, the kind of um, Zweckmäßigkeit is, is, is more the way how and in, in which ways the products are really then being applied in the healthcare system in Switzerland and clearly the economics, which is then also driving it. So it's first of all, it's, dry, it's being driven of the need does the healthcare system and the patient really need the product in the Swiss healthcare system? What is currently available? How is the kind of impact of the uh, disease on the patient? And then driven quite clearly also from the evidence. The evidence needs to be shown based on the clinical trial evidence. Quite clearly also here, the gold standard are the randomized controlled trials. But the kind of um, way how it needs to be presented in the dossier is much less detailed than, for example, in a German dossier. Clearly, still all of the kind of evidence basis or so the package, including the protocols and the clinical study um, um, reports, etc., would also need to be submitted to the BHG. So after that... Also important, keep in mind, there is as well the economic side. And the, the economics, I think, is also then being driven by two parts here. One is the so-called APV, which is the Auslandspreisvergleich. It's basically the comparison to the average ex-factory prices abroad. There's a basket of countries, including Germany, Denmark, the UK, the Netherlands, France, Austria, Belgium, Finland, and Sweden. So this is being taken into account. And there's the so-called therapeutischer Quervergleich, the TQV, which is the therapeutic cross-comparison, which means that the BAG is wanting to see which therapies are being currently used in that disease for those patients and how are the prices in Switzerland so far. And then there is basically the need to do that kind of average pricing. Both together are then driving the kind of price which could be charged in the Swiss healthcare system. On top of that, there's also a potential premium which could be taken and which could also be claimed for an innovation premium, which obviously quite clearly needs to be as well rationalized and also being explained why that is then also being taken. I think all of that all together is driving then the, let's call it negotiations. It's not a face-to-face -face negotiation, rarely happening on the telephone. Um, it's normally mainly driven by written um, communication. But I think that's maybe as well a kind of a discussion which you might also take on board when we go into the discussion with our experts for the Swiss healthcare market. So ultimately, I think all of those different kind of aspects are taking their time. I think on average, I think you could, uh, let's say, expect a feedback by the BAG within three months, but rarely 
um, this is directly positive. So normally you get some further questions, maybe a pushback, a discussion on, on, on the pricing, but also sometimes quite clearly on the efficacy on the clinical side. And then you need to answer those, reply to it, maybe as well submit further evidence, further um, uh, information. Sometimes you could also just call them up, even though that maybe question again, they don't really like it, right? Uh, and then finally, the BAG might decide. Sometimes it might take somewhere around six months. Sometimes um, there might uh, also longer kind of time periods. It's important to keep in mind that uh, there are given kind of meeting points within the BAG process, uh, which needs to be taken into account because only then the cases are being discussed and then quite clearly being moved forward. This is the regular kind of assessment. There are also more simplified assessments, as already said, depending a bit on the different boxes. But it, I think at the end of the day, this gives a quite clear idea and a picture how the Swiss reimbursement system looks like. And maybe also for companies and interested from abroad, we have just said already, it's one of the most expensive healthcare systems, one of the best, but also most expensive ones, which could as well give us maybe a sign that prices are as well still quite attractive in maybe a small country, but in a quite attractive from a pricing perspective. Let's go into the discussions with our experts now and just see what he sees as core drivers and core differentiations and maybe also learnings for the German healthcare system. So who else to ask for the Swiss market access than Remo Christen? Remo is working already in the area of market access and the so-called healthcare affairs in and for Switzerland already since more than 18 years now. And he has been basically all his life, I would say, within one of the large and big pharma companies called Roche. So let's see and listen to his insights into the Swiss healthcare market. Okay, very good. Uh, good morning, Remo. Our market access expert and pioneer from Switzerland. Um, as you know, we have had already some discussions on the Swiss and the German market access reimbursement process. And as you might know, I personally think that the Swiss market access process is probably more kind of amnoglite. Would you agree? Uh, good morning, Stefan. First, mm, I don't think so. I think uh, the market processes of Switzerland and Germany cannot be compared. There are fundamental differences. Let me highlight the three most important ones. First of all, in Germany, the process to submit an access application for a new drug is governed by very strict timelines and procedures, resulting in a reimbursement approval, which is quite bureaucratic and complex. In comparison to that, in Switzerland, the process is much more pragmatic, leaner, and without strict uh, timelines, and is governed by a single authority, the Federal Office of Public Health. In Switzerland, uh, a benefit price dossier, you have to listen now, <laughs> has only about 30 pages. In Germany, I think there are books to be submitted. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the second key differentiator, I think, is in Germany, there is a clear separation between the benefit assessment and the price negotiation. These two elements are managed by two separate bodies, the Institute for Quality and Efficiency in Healthcare, ICWIC for the preliminary assessment, 
and the Joint Federal Committee for the Final Benefit Assessment. And the GKV, Spitzenverband, the, the Payer Association for the Price Negotiation. In Switzerland, the Federal Office of Public Health is responsible for both the benefit assessment and the price setting. And the third key point, I think, is in Germany, once approved by the drug authorities, innovative drugs are immediately available for patient care. No one has to wait for the MNAC process to be completed before a new drug can be prescribed. In Switzerland, after approval by Swiss Medic, a medicine can be prescribed, but only the Federal of Public Health has officially set the price. It is not reimbursed. By law, the target is 60 days, but in 80% of cases, it takes longer. Okay, I, th I think that was quite clear differentiators. I think, interestingly, obviously, you mentioned already the size of the submission, right? I mean, if you need to submit <laughs> books, which I think sometimes is totally right in Germany, and maybe just a summary or an executive summary in Switzerland, I think this is maybe that pragmatic part where I think we agree, I think, um, but there are obviously bigger kind of differences. But maybe turn that a bit um, around. Do you have any kind of learnings which maybe Germany could take out of the Swiss submission process? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Switzerland is a small country. It's about 10 times less people than in Germany and people know each other, which facilitates direct and uncomplicated discussions. Also the Swiss mentality is characterized by the following basic values great willingness to engage in dialogue, try to understand other opinions and find pragmatic compromise solutions. And I think all this leads to the fact that the processes are much more pragmatic and there is more freedom and flexibility for target-oriented and pragmatic solutions. This being said, both, I think, the German and the Swiss systems have each its strengths. Therefore, the best solution, it's my opinion, would be to combine the proven and the good of the Swiss and the German system. The pragmatic processes of Switzerland, who provides access for patients on the day of approval as in Germany. That would be an interesting one. I agree. Um, I mean, I, I like as well, I mean, when you said the kind of finely pragmatic compromise and maybe even more important, um, great willingness to engage in a dialogue, I think as a kind of as well cultural, I think, aspect for Switzerland, right? I mean, if I remember some price negotiations in Germany, I could be maybe provocative against the Germans, just say they are not willing for those two aspects, but just moving that away. Um, if we could focus for a second, maybe also on the pricing, because I mean, that's also, I think you mentioned that also earlier, that's also a difference uh, between Switzerland and Germany. Could you explain the kind of pricing frame within the market access process in Switzerland that we can also see here the core differences between the German and the Swiss system as well? 
Yeah. Uh, one of the core elements of the price finding process are the so-called WZW criteria. In German, Wirksamkeit, Zweckmäßigkeit und Wirtschaftlichkeit, translated in English, efficacy, uh, uh, appropriateness and cost effectiveness. As part of the cost effectiveness criteria, we have in Switzerland two core elements, the European reference prices, and the therapeutic cross-comparison, each weighted at 50%. For the foreign price comparison, the average of the prices of the following nine reference countries is used. Germany, Austria, France, England, the Netherlands, Belgium, Denmark, Sweden and Finland. In the therapeutic cross-comparison, the efficacy and the price of the new drug are compared with drugs which are already reimbursed in Switzerland. If your new product is more effective than the conventional one, it receives an innovation surcharge of maximum of 20%. Okay, I think that uh, that explains also a lot. I think that's basically an equation then behind, which is also a difference, I think, to some of the negotiation processes in Germany. Um, but having having said, I mean, there are, let's say, differences also in the process probably. Could you also go and deep dive a bit further into the negotiation process also um, in terms of the core drivers? Yeah, the negotiation process, I think, is as hard as in Germany. <laughs> Swiss Medic is responsible for the authorization. The Federal Office of Public Health for the pricing, that means two independent processes and authorities. There are four main steps for the reimbursement process. First of all, the start of the reimbursement process. With the pre-approval of Swiss Medic, the applicant can already submit the 30-page reimbursement dossier to the Federal of Public Health, Federal Office of Public Health. Sorry. Second step: the EAK meeting. The Federal Drug Commission (EAK) is an extra parliamentary commission elected by the Federal Council. It's close to 20 members from different fields review the dossier and provide the Federal Office of Public Health with a recommendation on the benefits and the price. The meeting usually lasts only 10 to 15 minutes. The third step is a written statement of the Federal Office of Public Health. This happens approximately one month after this EAK meeting. Federal of Public Health comments on the dossier, an intensive negotiation process between Pharma and the Federal Office of Public Health begins. Also, the target to have a price after the official approval by Swiss Medic is 60 days. It can take up to two years as we have seen in the past. Based on my experience, the negotiation process can involve two to 60 contacts, can be phone calls, meetings, emails, and uh, letters. The last step, the fourth step, uh, your product is reimbursed 
and on the list of speciality, the so-called positive list. The negotiation process is finished, the price is published on this list, and the value assessment usually a few months later. Interesting. I mean, especially, I mean, when you just mentioned there might be between two and 60 contacts, I guess the two is probably for the least kind of, uh, let's say, uh, difficult kind of products. I would assume that, let's say, the more highly costly kind of products, the more difficult products might have been on the other side, where I could as well assume, and let's say, I, I know that in Switzerland, I think also that the, the so-called risk share agreements could be one of the options as well to be implemented and being discussed um, as well in the, in the process. Could you also um, explain how and when, maybe even which kind of risk share agreements could be accepted by the BIG and also in which kind of environment? Yes, I can do. So far, we have discussed the standard process. This works for more than 95% of the drugs. For innovative drugs, as you mentioned, like combination therapy, orphan drugs and others, it has its limits. For this reason, the first pricing models for drug with multiple indications were introduced in Switzerland as early as 2008. And Roche is a pioneer in this respect, and I'm, I'm very proud uh, having introduced this model together with the Federal Office of Public Health. And the uh, models try to reflect challenges such as budget impact, limited efficacy, difficulties with therapeutic cross-comparison, so that patients have access to the therapies as early as possible. Since 2008, we have about five different types of models these include approximately 60 drugs from about 25 companies. And the models can be public or also confidential. I mentioned the five types of models before. They can be used for indication-specific pricing, for combination pricing, and we have a kind of pay-for-performance but it's more only therapy discontinuation in case of side effects, and it's not linked to the efficiency. Then we have discount models and also capping models, budget models. And they can be partially also combined. And these models try finally to reflect the benefit price ratio as best as possible so that patients have access to the therapies. They are relatively simple to implement and are the result of open but tough negotiations between the Federal Office of Public Health and the pharmaceutical industry. As pricing models will become more and more important, they are now also working groups with the Federal Office of Public Health, the health insurers and the pharmaceutical industry to continuously improve and adapt the models. It's a learning system and you can see also the dialogue takes place between the different stakeholders. That's one of the most important characteristics I mentioned already in the beginning. 
Yeah, I think that that's a very important thing as well to remember. I think it's also that kind of cultural mindset. I think being in dialogue, finding solutions, I think this is probably also a core difference to a lot of different other, I think, countries where it's probably more kind of top-down approach, especially when thinking about the process. I think um, also, I mean, you mentioned already, um, let's say the potentially even increased kind of importance for risk share agreements, probably especially nowadays when we also discuss more and more about, for example, cell and gene therapies. I think that's also probably why there's maybe even a kind of broader committee now working on that kind of um, issue. Maybe shifting gears a bit, I mean, there's also, I would say at least outside of Switzerland, a quite famous early paid access program. A lot of basically uh, market access experts as well, um, let's say no early access programs across different countries. But I think the big difference, I think to Switzerland is probably that kind of little word paid, which I think is uh, then one of the core differentiation factors as well when thinking and speaking about Switzerland. Can you explain what that famous early paid pro access program is and how it really works? Yes, it's really a very impressive thing. An early access program, as you call it, does not really exist in Switzerland. I think you mean Article 71 uh, of the Krankenversicherungsverordnung, which was introduced in 2012. For simplicity, we call this Article uh, KVV 71. The initial thought of KVV 71 was giving access to patients to classical off-label treatments of well-known established products. Obviously, there was and is a high need for such off-label treatments as today. Eight years later, we have about 30,000 patients have already access via this article. Besides the classical off-label treatment, a second group of patients who have a benefit from this article are people who are in need of new innovative drugs, as you mentioned, which are not yet on the positive list I explained before. For all these drugs, it is possible that patients have access. We call this way access uh, via KBV 71, the so-called bridging solution, bridging positive list. With this solution, patients can have access to innovative drugs already on the day of Swiss medical approval or even earlier. That is your early paid access program. You have to differentiate these two groups of, of products. Then how does it work in general? Prerequisites are that the drug is for a life-threatening disease that there is no paid alternative on the specialty list and that the high therapeutic benefit is to be expected. If these prerequisites are met, a physician can submit the request for cost approval to the health insurance company. A pragmatic benefit assessment with four categories, A, B, C, D, is performed. A means high benefit, B means substantial benefit, and C means a possible benefit. 
and D is no benefit and means no access to the drug for the patient. Important to note that KVV71 contains a cost-sharing element between the payer and the pharmaceutical company. The lower the benefit, the higher is the cost-sharing of the pharmaceutical company. And I would particularly like to highlight the benefit category C. Here, the pharmaceutical industry assumes the entire drug costs at start of therapy up to a defined point in time. I think that's a very special uh, solution in Switzerland. If the patient responds to the therapy in this setting, the health insurer shares in the costs. Maybe some words about Roche. We are the company with the most Article 71 cases, about 5,500 per year, of which about 90% is class classical off-label treatments and only about 10% of the treatments via your so-called early access program. There are companies where it's over 50% of the portfolio. And finally, I think I have to emphasize again, that is a very good emergency solution to the payers. And sorry, and the payers are very cooperative. But we have to do everything to improve the national reimbursement process so that this emergency bridging solution for innovative drugs via this Article 71 is really not necessary. Very good. And I think this is also already, let's say, closing a bit the whole kind of loop, right? Because you said already early on when we spoke about the learnings from Switzerland, that um, maybe we could combine the best of two systems, right? The pragmatic approach from Switzerland plus having direct access access for patients from day one after the approval, in this case, from Swissmedic. And I think that would basically as well mean that KVV71 would then no more be needed as a kind of bridging solution, but only really more for the kind of purpose it was also created, which was the off-label use in some of the areas you have just mentioned. I think that was a um, very great kind of introduction. Um, yeah, so I think, thank you very much, Remo. I think also um, for not only for your kind of, uh, let's say, thoughts for your um, uh, your kind of um, explanations of the process, but I think it also shows, and you've already brought up uh, very impressive numbers, how much you were as well involved in the different kind of processes and also in terms of the exceptions and, uh, for example, also the risk share agreement. So as already said early on, you're one of the pioneers. So thank you for having uh, you in that kind of discussion. Thank you very much, Stefan. So as a summary, I think Remo and I probably still disagree with each other. I mean, I still believe that the Swiss system is a kind of amnoclide, a much more pragmatic approach towards healthcare market access. Whereas I think Remo also pointed out the kind of clear differences between Switzerland and Germany. I think we're probably both right. And at the end of the day, I think every country is anyway as specific as it needs to be. I think important aspects for Switzerland are quite clearly, I think, the pragmatism. I think the pragmatism, especially combined with the mentality of the Swiss uh, population in general. 
which also includes quite clearly to find win-win situations across the course um, of a discussion and negotiation. Keep in mind, there are also different kind of pathways. I think especially if you, for example, have the opportunity that a product could be used maybe before a registration and or, for example, in off-label kind of areas where some kind of evidence is already evident, and that is then through KVV71 still, it needs to have a risk share idea ready behind and means that would need to be as well discussed with the individual health insurance companies. Important difference to other countries that this component, this pathway is also already a paid access, which I think might also be quite attractive for some companies. The standard route is quite clearly through the BAG. It might take, I would say, at least 9 to 12 months. It depends obviously a bit on the price idea, on the price strategy, and also on the evidence which is available. Might be a bit difficult for some uh, products with maybe kind of higher price than the negotiations, which will be in written. So it's just sharing different kind of letters, which could also be sometimes combined with few telephone conferences. I think it's also quite clear, I think what we heard, that this is not really the standard process, but it can happen. And it needs also to be taken into account the external reference prices from the other European countries, plus the internal kind of comparison, especially also in terms of pricing. Overall, if you prepare a bridge for the decision makers there, there are always opportunities, especially keep in mind the mentality of the Swiss, which I really like, not only the cheese and the Alps, I think I really like the mentality and I think that is also what you have heard when you listened to Remo. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. MAP is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.